Hello and welcome to Shorts with Tara and Jill. I'm Jill. I'm Tara and today we have the lovely Jessica Diaz. Now Jessica, we have known each other for a long time but really it was through social media-ish and then we kind of met and then it evolved but you have an incredible story and so I'm happy you're here to talk to us. So tell us everything. Well, thank you so much for having me. And social media is so funny because I remember the first time I met you and it was like, like, oh my God, there she is in real life. It's so exciting. Like, it's so funny how you get to know people (laughs) online and then you see them and it's like this fun connection. So that was cool. Um, So I'm Jessica. I'm a mom, a fitness instructor, um, and I'm also a ambassador and spokesperson for the American Heart Association um, because I had a stroke um, nine years ago at the age of 36 um, when I was (laughs) absolutely least expecting it. Um, It happened at a time of my life where I felt my healthiest. Um, I just had my two kids and had gotten back in shape. Um, and so it was really shocking when all of a sudden, um, pretty much felt a shooting pain down the left side of my body, um, felt numbness. I couldn't move my left leg. And when I finally went to the emergency room, I was just really shocked that I had suffered a stroke. Um, and you know, since my stroke, um, it's really shaped the last nine years of being on a journey to spread awareness. Um, and prevention, 80% of strokes are preventable through embracing a healthy lifestyle. Um, And the more that I learned about some of the causes of my stroke, um, specifically having a blood clotting disorder called factor V Leiden, um, it is thought to um, that five to 7% of people have it. And some people have it their whole life and, or most people have it their whole life and nothing will happen. Um, But for me, it caused a clot um, that was went to my brain and caused the stroke. And where oh. where were you when this happened? Were you at home? <laughs> I was home and it happened in the shower. So doesn't it feel like, like a nightmare movie? <laughs> like, oh my God, like everything scary happens in the shower. I was just in the shower. I remember reaching for, you know, my conditioner and just feeling like my arm wasn't my arm. Like I couldn't move it. Um, and then I went to step out of the shower and I was like, why can't I pick up my leg? But I still had no idea um, that it was a stroke I was having. I didn't even think that people 36 at the time could have strokes, um, in my mind. Um, and one of the reasons that I, you know, want to share awareness is because in my mind at that time, only old and really sick people could have a stroke. Um, and it's so important, especially with stroke that you get treatment right away. So, um, just knowing that anything that feels significantly different or wrong in your body is definitely something to pay attention to. And I used to always have this fear of like, oh, I'm going to waste their time at the ER and they'll be mad if I go and nothing was wrong. But that's absolutely not true. And I think anyone there would say, yes, always come if something feels significantly off for you and not put it off. Um, I thought I could rest it away. Um, I wanted to get my daughter to her first like baby and yoga class. And I thought I could just like rest away. Um, and so it took me a few hours to get to the hospital, which I know now is a big mistake. Um, if you have a stroke caused by a blood clot, um, and you get to a a hospital that can handle stroke, um, you can get a clot busting drug, um, within four hours only. And it will, it can oftentimes completely undo all the damage a stroke has done, um, which can be the difference between recovering and not, um, people who even, paralyzed can get this clot busting drug and 
regain movement. So really important if you have numbness, face drooping, difficulty moving your arms and legs, um, difficulty speaking, and just really anything that's just really unusual. Um, don't do what I did, <laughs> call 911. And even, you know, I actually did end up after a few hours calling my primary care doctor. And um, another important thing with stroke is you can't really trust a person's judgment when they're having brain trauma. I actually hung up on my doctor. She told me to call 911 and I was like, she's crazy and I hung up. My husband's like, what did the doctor say? And I told him, he's like, oh my God, we're going right now. So call 911. I'm like, no, just drive me. So um, another important point, and I've heard stories like this, if you do see someone experiencing these symptoms and they say they're fine, don't worry, just, um, you know, I think it's important to make sure they get help and not just sort of ignore them <laughs> or let them wave you off. And so you call nine one. If you call nine one one, they put you in, the, in an ambulance. Yeah. Can they give you that drug in no. the ambulance? Um, it's really okay. important that they distinguish first whether your stroke is being caused by a blood clot or a brain bleed. If you had a brain bleed and you gave someone this, it could be fatal. So, um, mm -hmm. and it's also you know, one of the things I've been working on is helping with a lot of legislation um, around stroke. Um, and the Heart Association is working on an important bill um, for the last few years that if you are presenting with symptoms of a stroke, that you're taken to a tier one stroke hospital that can administer this drug and give you the right kind of care and not just the nearest hospital. Because again, you have that short window. Um, so right now, wherever you are, you go to the nearest hospital um, and you want to make sure you get to um, a hospital that can administer that drug and give you the right care really fast. So how, how did you recover from the stroke? Like the symptoms, does, does it dissipate? Does it go away? Like, I have no idea. Yeah, it's actually different for everybody. And um, I am so fortunate. I remember the first time I met my amazing neurologist, she said that to me and I was like, what are you talking about? This is the worst. Um, but I couldn't move my left leg. I remember, you know, some of it's kind of blurry, but I got admitted and I had two young babies at home. And I said, okay, well, how long am I here for? And they said, we think possibly five weeks you need. And then going into a rehab hospital to teach your brain, to learn how to move your leg again. And it was just devastating. Um, and miraculously, I woke up the next day, started to regain um, control of my leg. Um, and I left after five days instead of five weeks. And all the doctors attributed it to being in healthy, you know, being fit, being in good condition when I had the stroke to helping along with my recovery. Um, and, and it really shifted my whole perspective on wellness and health. Um, I'm, I'm fine admitting now at the time health to me was the number on the scale and whether I could fit in a certain gene, you know, like that was how I measured my health, like how I looked. Um, and I just assumed that you would wait till, you know, you're later in life to start checking your blood sugar, cholesterol, those kind of things. It just didn't, um, occurred to me, um, you know, and now I know how important it is to really be vigilant about your health and know your own numbers. Um, especially if you're someone that appears young and healthy, you know, little incremental increases in cholesterol, blood pressure, those kind of things can get missed. But if you're tracking, you're like, oh, I'm headed in this direction. You know, what kind of changes can I make small things even, um, to prevent getting to that point of having a health event or needing medication. Oh. And from there, is have you had you always been into fitness instruction? Because now I know you teach bar, yeah. and I love bar, but yeah. 
had you always been doing that or did this come I'm, out of? I had just started um, teaching. So I've been teaching about a year when this happened. And um, I remember, you know, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe like cringe when I think back to like some of the stuff, like the higher the heels, the thinner your thighs. Like I used to use those, you know, kind of phrases because that was sort of what the fitness world was talking about. Everyone was there and, you know, I can't believe how many women came in and would say like, oh, well this, you know, and squeeze like, well, let's get rid of this or will I lose five pounds? And I'm so happy we moved away from that, but I made a really conscious effort after um, to change the message to not about this movement for that, but feeling strong and energized and just moving your body and staying healthy. And so definitely um, has changed the way I teach and think about everything really. I think that in general, that's, I love that. And I think it's a different perception now than it used to be because I too was like, what's the number on the scale? Can I fit into my pants? Now it's, I'm really focused on health and I think healthy eating, which really makes a big difference. Yeah. And, um, I think as we get older, we realize that there are certain things that we can't metabolize or process as much. And so when you start realizing what is good for your body, because everybody's different, then exercise is also important, but it doesn't need to be everything. Right. And I yeah. used to think it had to be everything, but it's actually not great for you, right? If you oh. over your body. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point too, is when you think about the everything, I find that people become so habit driven with their workouts and with their eating and not allowing for that flexibility um, can put a lot of stress on people. Like, oh, if I don't make that whole class, I'm not going to do anything. You know, I'm just done. Or... Um, you know, eating, like you said, like as I've aged, foods affect me differently and I have to just always kind of be like readjusting and focusing on how it makes me feel and if I feel energized. And I also find um, that I have to be mindful of eating enough. Um, I think and for the most part, most women I talk to um, still just aren't eating enough to fuel their bodies. And this, it was, a, it actually, when I switched I remember the first time I started actually eating a big breakfast, it took me like a half an hour to like get through it. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm really going to eat all this. But now I feel so much better and, you know, moved away from like having a bar and trying to restrict as long as I could throughout the day and then eating a huge dinner, you know? So I think overall um, I'm just seeing everyone's habits being a little, a lot healthier. So how did you get into um, bar specifically? Like what is it about bar that you love? So my, the way I got into it, it's kind of funny. I was living in San Francisco. It was 2001. I can't believe how long I've been doing it. And I just moved there um, and I was walking down the street and I remember this woman caught my eye and I was like, is she like 20 or 60? (laughs) I couldn't figure it out. Like she just had the most youthful body, but you know, a more mature face. And so, and there was a big sign that said the bar meth. And I was like, what is that? Um, And it was Burr Leonard. I don't know you Google her. She's just, you know, looks amazing. Um, and she started telling me about the method. Um, she invited me to take a class and I was never really that athletic growing up. Um, I didn't really play sports or do a lot of activities. So I wasn't really into fitness and I took the class and I was like, Oh my God, how do I sneak out of here (laughs) without her seeing this is like horrible. It's so hard. And every muscle in my body is like screaming at me. And I actually did try to sneak out and she stopped me and she's like, trust me, come two more times before you decide. 
And I was like, yeah, no way. But then I was walking home. I'm like, wait, I actually like feel muscles I've never felt before. And I actually felt energized. And I definitely felt a sense of accomplishment that I had never experienced. And I thought just by looking at her, how fascinating it was that she had stayed in such great health without um, pounding heavy workouts that I had always imagined that was what you had to do to be in shape. That's why I never did it. <laughs> um you know, I never really thought through that there was an alternative thing for me that I actually would enjoy. Not a lot of jumping around or pounding on your joints, you know, as some of the running that I just did love. Um, so, and that's, I went back for my two classes and I've been hooked ever since. And, um, you know, just because I loved it, started doing it maybe four or five times a week and my entire body transformed. I'd never had a body <laughs> before. So, um, and it felt pretty effortless compared to what I always thought I would have to do. Um, and I think the secret really is how much I loved it. Like, you know, being consistent was easy because I enjoyed it. And I always tell people like when they ask me, like, what's the best exercise? I'm like, really, it's the one that challenges you. But do you enjoy if you dread it? It's really hard to get there. <laughs> Make yourself. And so I think that. I love, I went far um, after my third child because there was really no ab connection. I could not no. feel that connection yeah. at all. Really did wonders yeah. for my body. And actually, um, I've completely changed the way I teach core work. The foundation of my core work now is really just breathing and breath work and connecting with your deep abdominal muscles. Because even after, I guess, I can't believe it now, over 20 years of doing bar, I realized I still struggled with back pain and hip pinching. And I was like, what is it? And it wasn't until um, I realized that that was just momentum because I actually was not connected in my abs enough to use my core. All of my other body muscles had to help me because I just didn't have the abs. And so I took a step back, learned some breath work, worked with a pelvic floor therapist just to learn how to breathe. And I, at 45, have better abs than I ever have just from learning to breathe. Because building that stability and support allowed me to progress into harder things without being in pain. So it really, especially in core, I, I always say more is not more. <laughs> Start slow, really feel that connection. And when you feel strain in your low back and hips, which is so common, um, you know, adjust that and kind of maybe ease back into where you can breathe without feeling that. Because um, that's a big sign that you're using momentum and not your abs. So then I was like, wait a minute, I've been doing this for 10 years wrong, not wrong, but I could have been doing it a lot more enjoyably. <laughs> so I really, um, and for me, a lot of the women that take my class are, um, have recently had babies. There's a lot of moms in my neighborhood. Um, and so it's really helped them to reconnect the muscles in their abs, build back that stability so they can go back to doing planks, you know, running, whatever they want to do without pain. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and joining us. How do people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram, Jessica Diaz Wellness. Um, and there's a link to my on-demand classes. Um, and anyone listening can put in the code free trial for a month free if they want to give it a try. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We would love to answer any of your questions on future episodes of Shorts. Bermuda Shorts. Jean Shorts. Short Shorts. Boy Shorts. Tennis Shorts. Cargo Shorts. Leaded Shorts. 